Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Monday, February 6th. So let me lift the curtain on a little behind-the-scenes moment as way to lead into our first segment of the week. Maybe you heard the story that for the first time in American education, there has been an AP African-American studies class at some U.S. high schools during this school year. AP courses can earn you college credit in high school and help you get into college because it looks ambitious to take them, right? AP African-American Studies has been offered in 60 schools as a test run this year while they finalized the curriculum. And maybe you heard that a couple of weeks ago, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida said he would ban the course from his state's high schools because of elements that he claimed were indoctrination. So we figured we might do a short version of the course here on the show for a week or so with an actual AP African-American Studies teacher sometime when school is out, maybe this summer or during spring break, and call it Radio Free Florida. You can't take this course if you live in the Sunshine State, but they can't stop you from listening to the radio, Radio Free Florida, AP African-American Studies. Nice idea in theory. But then last Wednesday, oh, it was the first day of Black History Month and the day of Tyree Nichols' funeral, the College Board, which develops and approves all high school AP courses, announced the final version of the curriculum that would go national, and lo and behold, almost everything that Ron DeSantis objected to was taken out. Truth is, we still don't know if the changes will satisfy DeSantis. He hasn't said yet one way or another, last I saw. Maybe his Republican presidential primary ambitions will lead him to block anything called African-American studies as something that makes white students feel bad about themselves or his indoctrination and run on that. Or maybe he'll declare victory over the changes in the course, approve it, and run on that. But now... The controversy runs both ways, right? Many African-American studies scholars and other critics are saying the college board caved to DeSantis, and the course is now tainted for having been politically watered down. DeSantis is even claiming in a statement released by his office that he's responsible for the changes. But the college board says no, these changes were decided on before DeSantis spoke out and for good reasons determined by their panel of scholars who wrote the course. So reality, I guess, lies somewhere on a scale between indoctrination and cowardice. Let's get specific about what's in, what's out, and what's at stake with Nolaway Rooks, chair of the Africana Studies Department at Brown University and founder of what she calls their Segronomics Lab. We'll get into that vocabulary word. And she is author of a very relevant book, Cutting School, the Segronomics of American Education. Professor Rooks, we appreciate you joining for this, and I see you're traveling today. Uh, So double thanks, and welcome back to WNYC. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. We'll get into the DeSantis politics of it and the College Board politics of it, of course, and the specific things that were removed. But I thought we might start a few steps back 
since you do education about education as part of your teaching and research. This course is called African American Studies, not African American History. Does that distinction matter? Yeah, as uh, as we started really hearing different sides and different kinds of uh, stakes with these changes, one of the things that has come to the fore is if the course had been an African-American studies course, if it had been a course that just focused on what had happened, primary documents, um, really just giving students the skill to engage with documents and, you know, just sort of hear the outlines of African-American history and the contributions Black people have made, there would not have been the same kind of kerfuffle um, or agita because African-American studies is much more broad. Um, we have theories that we engage. Some of the theories, uh, like intersectionality, for example, like racism, uh, like like talking about how white supremacy around the globe um, has impacted different kinds of institutions and people. Um, the theories that that's based on, that those kinds of lessons are based on, is what makes it African American studies, as well as it being interdisciplinary. History is one lens for understanding the world. It's one way of making sense of what happened. African American studies is inherently interdisciplinary. We engage with sociologists, anthropologists, philosophers, um, astrophysicists, if we can work it in. Um, so the and it's the studies part. It's the the parts that help you want to think about uh, gender. Um, again, some racial dynamics and hierarchy, race and racism. It seems like um, that is what the college board, they say before DeSantis ever, uh, as you mentioned before, DeSantis ever uh, offered dissent. They had already decided that those things needed to go for a variety of reasons. I'm just not sure if that makes the issue better or worse, quite frankly. Um, on that distinction, continuing to explore that distinction between studies and history. I looked at the list of all 30-something other AP classes that exist, and none other is called studies. In the social sciences and history area, there's U.S. history, European history, also U.S. government and politics, and comparative government and politics. I, I guess that's probably international, but nothing else called studies. But wouldn't those things... Um, some of them, like European history, which I see from their syllabus includes the teaching of colonialism uh, and certainly aspects of U.S. history unavoidably, wouldn't they include things like you just mentioned, like racism and white supremacy? They uh, absolutely do. And there have been a number of AP teachers, high school teachers who've come out and said, you know, in a lot of ways, what's in the uh, African-American studies AP course is not substantively different than how they teach uh, AP U.S. history in terms of, of mentioning uh, West Africa talking about the Caribbean, the role of Caribbean slave trade. Like, you know, some of the things are um very similar and would cover the same kinds of topics. The things that uh, seem to make this a, a point of contention, I think, is the larger context within which we're debating American history right now mm -hmm. um, and with which we have 
a a large number of politicians and uh, legislatures and governors who have really doubled down on the idea of talking if if you are talking about black people specifically and you want to talk about uh histories of racism or structural inequality or uh the ways that i i, I certain ideas demonize black people and you know, uh, maybe lift up aspects of white culture. If you want to do that in relation to Black people, you're racist. When it happens, uh, as you're pointing out, in AP history, you're just helping really advanced students um, uh, thrive. All right, Professor Rex, let's get into some of the particulars here. Maybe most shocking to people who've been reading these news stories is that compared to the pilot course currently being taught, the revised course, according to the New York Times, deletes topics including Black Lives Matter and the movement for black lives, also reparations, also intersectionality. It deletes iconic black female writers such as Audre Lorde, Alice Walker, Angela Davis, Kimberly Crenshaw, who all get at least mentioned in the original version. And it deletes a unit on incarceration and abolition. Some, but not all of these people or subjects are listed as optional project uh, topics. There's also the debate over whether to include, um, uh, well, the College Board says that they decided that the pilot course was too weighted toward contemporary theorists Mm -hmm. in that pilot run. Big picture, how do you see the changes? Well, one thing I... uh really do want to point out, I mentioned that this is uh, taking place in a particular kind of context in history. You know, a couple of days after uh, DeSantis made his whole whole statement about indoctrination, and and he has literally passed something called the anti-woke law. Um, he, he was not just talking about his personal preferences as to topics like gender and sexuality. As you mentioned, that's one of the units that was um, taken from required to optional or or uh, you can do a project on. It was taken out of the core curriculum, a really in-depth dive into uh, gay gay and queer lives and movements and writers and thinkers. Um, This law that DeSantis and the legislature uh, passed does in fact make the teaching of some of those topics illegal in the state. And a few days after uh, DeSantis made his remarks, um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders standing in the doorway of Little Rock Central High School Um, which some of your listeners will recall from the Little Rock Nine, uh, which was a huge moment uh, in in the history of educational integration, where they had to call out the 101st Airborne combat-hardened troops who had served in Vietnam to have nine children enter a classroom to integrate it uh, in, in Little Rock. That's where she chose to stand a few days later and say, I too denounce this curriculum. I too will refuse to have it taught here. There's, there's states. And if I can jump in on that, just so people know Sarah Huckabee Sanders in context, maybe you think, oh yeah, wasn't she that spokesperson for Donald Trump when he was? She is now the governor of Arkansas, and she has also been tacked to give the Republican response to President Biden's State of the Union address tomorrow night. Not sure if you knew that. 
so that Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, she's a brand new governor, relatively new. And this is where one of the places where she wants to start. All across the country, there are smaller and larger districts that are doing something similar. So while uh, I understand the focus specifically on DeSantis in Florida, I do think the College Board found themselves in a situation where I, this is a product that they are trying to sell to, to school children in territories and places and states and in school districts that increasingly these topics have become politicized to a point where they would be illegal. Um, that fact, that the rising fact of what it is that um, we're seeing educators and politicians and legislation, legislators target um, is needing to be banned, um, is, is, is needing to be, you know, kicked out of school systems. Um, it's overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, what books are being banned, these topics help to illustrate, um, are things that have Black characters and queer characters and that talk about social, contemporary social movements, um, like pushing back against police brutality. I think it's a pretty broad, um, stunningly uh, uh, concerning issue that's taking place. So the college board, uh, when they say back in December, we had some conversations and we decided to, to take some things out. I, I, they knew what was going to to be upsetting to many people. Mm. Like many of they they weren't just sitting there. I mean, I actually d I believe that they did not immediately say, "Uh oh, the first time we recognize that Black Lives Matter was a political topic that a whole lot of folks uh, reject." I, I I don't think it was when DeSantis when DeSantis said spoke it. two weeks ago. I do believe that they made a, a choice though to back down. Um, well, why why do you think in the context of what you were just saying that they put those things in originally? Because it, when they first began, I mean, this thing has been under development for the better part of a decade, I want to say. I mean, someone from the College Board can, can say for sure. I know years and yeah, I mean, it's about a decade ago, I was first contacted about the College Board, you know, putting together different groups of, of advisors. I think almost 300 scholars over that period have participated in... Uh, different kinds of ways and times. Mm -hmm. When they started talking about this iteration of the class, though, it was a very particular period of time in 2020 where uh, the the outcry over George Floyd in particular, who, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we saw the officer with the foot on his neck and he, um, like others, died yelling for his mother there was a there was a real desire right then to say we have got to have these kinds of topics and issues around police brutality around uh incarceration like those are key for any discussion of black people and black lives right now um and so those topics were i mean it was just no-brainers mm -hmm. for lack of a better way of saying it we are in a very different political moment and so again the point that i want to make is it's not just one corporation in one state this is um, indicative of the the state of the nation right now and it's worth paying attention to uh in that context as much as for what happens for the school children in florida and we're going to get a Florida take 
yes. on all this from Bob in Palm Beach County. Bob, you're on WNYC. Hello from New York. Hello, Brian. Hello, Professor. How are you all today? Thank Hi. you. Um, I'm actually certified to teach uh, social science in Florida. Um, I've decided not to do it because it's, uh, well, they have offered a uh, bonus if you take a course that basically recasts American history, as far as I've learned it, as far as I understand it. The other thing that's uh, kind of serious is that because they uh, stop woke act has not been specific about what types of books are intended to be banned, except you, you can still in this uh, in this county you can show the 1619 project on your shelf, but you can't direct children to it. Um, so it's a very serious thing that's happening. People are not really sure what they should do. And um, that's one of the problems is that if the law is going to self-censor you, then things that may be of value and may be allowed are not going to be given to the children. But on a high line, we do teach Holocaust and I'll call them black children with a capital B because they come from all around the world, Caribbean, America, United States. In teaching the Holocaust, some of them said, didn't the Americans do that to us too? And we were talking about book burning and so on and so forth. So they're, they're aware. And the governor is not going to stop them from being woke. He's going to shut up the adults. But the children are getting the message. That's what I want to tell you. Bob, thank you very much. Uh, so as we run out of time, Professor Rooks, you can respond to Bob in any way that you want. And I'm curious to get your opinion on the new, um, now national, about to be national version of the AP Black Studies course. Um, and whether you think it's still worth taking, despite your objections to what's been taken out compared to the pilot course, or is it just too tainted now and you'd rather people don't take it or they dispense with it altogether? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And, and uh, let me say to, to wrap up, I, I, as, I, as I just recently said, I'm always one for explore more, not less. It's not the perfect course uh, for African-American studies. It's pretty darn good for African-American history. If I have a quibble, it's with you named it something and then started taking things out to, to turn it into uh, something else. Take the class. I, I teach um, uh, students. I, I just asked my students last week how many in their 50 students in the class got to Brown University through taking AP courses in their schools and 80 to 90%, I think, of students raised their hands. Um, as we were, however, discussing topics, um, teaching about racism in education and American history, uh, they will tell you they don't know this information, you know, that, that we're talking about, how these systems work, what was excluded, different ways of looking at, uh, at the world. So this class would help them. They would help them. They would bring them to schools like those that I teach at um, with a higher level of knowledge. I don't think it's too tainted. I don't think that it's um, unworthy. I think, though, that the whole controversy is one that the whole country needs to pay a lot of attention to. 
And I'm glad you are paying attention to it and you shared your insights with us. Professor Noliwe Rooks, chair of the Africana Studies Department at Brown University and founder of what she calls their Segronomics Lab. Um, I guess the, I said we were going to get into that vocabulary word and we really didn't, but I, I, I guess very briefly that it's pretty clear from uh, the subtitle of your book what the context is there, Cutting School, the Segronomics of American Education. You want to do 15 seconds? Uh, Segronomics is a mashup of segregation and economics, and it is a lens for uh, understanding how when you follow the money, you understand American education quite differently. Brian Lehrer, A Daily Politics Podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.